listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Hey, everyone. I have a special announcement for you all. We are going to do something different here with the Good Days podcast. We were so fortunate to have Davey Blackburn on campus for what we call here at Indiana Wesleyan University Summit. Summit is this special time that's set aside at the beginning of every semester to focus on where Christ is leading us as a campus, as a community, and as individuals. And so what we did is we did a series of podcasts with Davy Blackburn that we're going to begin and roll them out right now, actually every day, not the weekends, but every day we're going to roll out this special series with Davy Blackburn. And it is good. It, it's, uh, it was challenging even as uh, Eddie and I were asking Davy questions not to be moved, not, not to be challenged spiritually. And so if you're an IW student, this is going to be a, a recap, a review, and actually even a deeper dive in what happened in our chapels. If you're listening to the podcast, you're a part of it out there in the local church world, you're going to love this content because he takes it to a deep level on what's happening to us in scope, in terms of forgiving one another, how to work through pain and suffering, and it is deep. So enjoy this new series, and then when the series is over, we'll get back to uh, what Eddie and I do on a regular basis. We love hanging out with you all. Enjoy. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie, and unfortunately, Charlie cannot be with us for this episode. Wow. However, we do have Davy Blackburn with us, and this is episode number four okay. in this series of podcasts we're I doing. I lost count, but we're, <laughs> but we're rolling. <laughs> this is day three of Summit. I'm just kind of, we're just kind of riding on fumes right now. <laughs> There's not Holy Spirit adrenaline. <laughs> Please help us. <laughs> exactly. Well, have you, I think you've spoken five times now. Yeah, so far, And yeah. it's been phenomenal. Oh, really appreciate you. your heart and your vulnerability and your ability to speak what the Holy Spirit is um, asking you to say and being bold with his message. So mm. thank you for that. Really yeah, appreciate it. And once again, we want to try to dig deeper yep. and go deeper because 25 minutes is not a whole lot of time to flesh everything out that right. you want to flesh out. Right. And so um, we t- today's episode, we want to focus in on the interview you had with Andrea Summers. Yeah, so that would okay. have been session three, right? Session three. Yep, session three right. mm-hmm. of Summit. Mm-hmm. And um, there's several things that really stood out in my mind that I want us to go deeper with, okay? okay? The first thing is, and, and this is this is part of your mission right. at your organization that you run, right. um, where nothing is wasted, is this um, pain to purpose, yeah. okay? Right. And part of your story, I maybe mean, large part of your story, is this pain to purpose. Yeah. So, what are next steps for people? We've ex- everyone's experienced pain, right? Okay, at right. some degree, at some level. That's right. 
and we're going to experience pain in the future yep, as exactly. well. I mean, that's that's we live in a fallen world, and so we know that's going to be part of right. our lot. Um, in this world, you will experience trouble, but that's right. but take heart, take heart, I have overcome the world. That's right. that's okay, right. so those are Jesus' words. Um, tell us a little bit, dive deeper with this idea of pain to yeah. purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I mentioned it either on you know somewhere in all of these forums or conversations we've had this week that at some point all we were doing at the beginning of this ministry was a podcast where mm. we were sharing people's stories. And, and a lot of it, we, I don't think we ideated this from the beginning, but it was, it came out of, you know, we were seeing transformation happen. We we're seeing a lot of people stirred and moved by it. I believe because of like Romans or uh, revelation 12, how do we overcome? I mean, you just mm. said, Jesus said, I have overcome the world, right? His spirit inside of us empowers us to overcome as well. Right. Revelation 12 tells us how. They will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and yes. the word of their testimony. Wow. And so when we hear other people's stories about how God intersected and intervened in their pain mm. and brought them in, brought them through that valley and onto a redemptive story into purpose, we it emboldens us. Mm -hmm. We borrow their faith. So that's all we were doing for a while in 2019. Um, I started traveling and speaking and coaching people. And I started realizing as I was traveling and speaking, man. There's a lot of people, particularly in the mm -hmm. church, who are who are have experienced pain. For some of them, recently, for some of them, twenty years, yes. they've and but they've never had a forum to go and talk about mm -hmm. that and unpack it. And they've held on to their pain, held on to it, and they they've done nothing with it. Exactly. And they've never had a someone to process that pain with right. them and to see God move and work and and for there to be yes. healing, forgiveness, that sort of thing, and to move on. Yes, and so. That began the idea of let's move from inspiration to transformation okay. as a ministry. So we were able to, 2020 was actually a blessing for our ministry because of this. No longer could I travel and speak, right. which was keeping me very busy in 2019. Now it forced us to go into the lab and figure out, okay, let's triangulate everything that we've learned. We've done at that point, a hundred some odd podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. I'd gone through my own counseling and healing journey. I'd kind of laid it out in a book. I'd you know, just really, and, and then I started, I was studying everything I could on what does the Bible have to say about healing from pain? Wow. And so we took all of that stuff, curated all that into 11 videos in what we call, what's, what's a 12 week, it's formatted as a 12 week course called Pain to Purpose. Mm -hmm. And essentially what the course is, is it's, you can break it up into three modules, but you want to think of it in the concept of like, you know, Matthew chapter seven, the storm comes and knocks over the foolish man's house. Mm -hmm. Imagine tragedy or trauma or pain or hardship or adversity or whatever has knocked your house over. And the very first thing that you have to do is you have to go in and you have to assess the damage mm. and, and do what we call clear the debris of crisis from your life. So the first module or the first part of this, we actually call it the first, um, we call the 11 sections, we call them waypoints. And we call the first, the first section of that, we call it trail marker. So it's this idea of it's a journey, right? right? You're taking this journey. It's like a hiking. Like think yes. you're, you're journeying through the valley, right? So you got you got 10 waypoints. You got one additional video in that. And then you've got uh, trail markers that separate the two or that separate the three uh, parts of it. So the first trail marker is removing the debris of crisis. Mm -hmm. So within that, what we're doing is we're teaching um, a, a proper theology of pain and suffering. Okay. Trying to reorient around why is there pain in this world? If God is such a loving God, mm -hmm. why is there mm -hmm. pain in the world? That's where we talk about it. You've heard me talk about the four perpetrators of pain. Right. And then we move from there and we talk about our emotions. And we talk about, it's called befriend your emotions, right? How do we get mm -hmm. curious about those? How do we see them not as like uh, something that's, that's pejorative, but something that God is using to invite us into right. deeper healing? But then the second part of that is then how do we reframe those emotions according to God's word? 
and, and, and allow that to be something that God uses to heal us. And then we also talk within that module, we talk about forgiveness. And that is probably one of the most critical breakthrough moments for most people. So those first four videos are so heavy. Like wow. removing the debris of crisis in your life is probably the most difficult part for people to get through. But once they get through that part, and once they kind of really wade through that part, the next starts to, it's just, it, mm. the momentum starts to, to build from there. So then the next trail marker, the next section is really all about, it's about um, putting rhythms in your life, healthy mm. rhythms in your life. They're going to contribute to your healing and your ongoing wholeness. So physical rhythms, spiritual mm -hmm. and emotional rhythms. Mm -hmm. We talk about spiritual disciplines, in there, right. right? It's like, uh, and so for anybody, I mean, it's like, how do you build your house on the rock? On the how rock. do we reestablish a foundation so that the next storm that comes, it doesn't completely ransack mm -hmm. our house? Because there's going to be another storm. There that will comes. be another storm. It, it, it comes in yep. waves at times too. Exactly. And so we talk about Sabbath. There's a whole video yes. on Sabbath and how important Sabbath rest is, both for healing and for ongoing wholeness. We talk about physical rhythms. How do we take care of our body, right? How do we? Because our body keeps the score of mm. our trauma. It, we're gonna so our that's body, sleep. That's nutrition. Oh yeah, all I that mean, stuff. Th that's 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 exercise. Yes, it's all of that. That both aid in healing yep. and also aid in just ongoing wholeness, right? right? And then contributes to your purpose, mm. because what God has is He has this wonderful, amazing purpose for you to live out. But if your life isn't built on that foundation, you can't run in your purpose. You'll mm -hmm. never finish the race, mm -hmm. right? We see so many people flame out, burn out, moral right. failures, whatever, right? They have this great, there's so much talent, there's so much potential there, but their character can't sustain where yes, their talent has yes. brought them. And so we've and got to And I think we see that a lot in some of our, oh, we love to um, spotlight people and, right. and, and, and we create our own Christian heroes, if you mm -hmm. will. And and that idea that the the character could not sustain their their spotlight, yep. and so it's really important for this wholeness to develop. That's right. The, the character piece, but that's right. even even the even the emotional health and the mental health, that's right, and the physical health that yep. that's all there in place. We're all encompassed because we are a whole person. We are not right. compartmentalized, right? We are mind, body, soul, right? We have Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind." soul and strength. Yeah. Right. So he already told us like, there's multiple facets to who you are. The common belief of the day was that like what you did with your right, body did right. not matter. It did not matter. It was separate. It was separate. It was a dualistic, you know, mentality. And so, um, Jesus is trying to cut straight through like, no, it's, we're all, we're a yes. whole person. Right. And so that's what we're trying to address there is like, how does one area affect the other? And I want us to tune into that. And so we can understand how to become a whole person again, so that we're healthy we're fortitude, we're strong for the next trial. Right. And then we can help other people. And that's what the whole last component is, is purpose. Because their purpose does two things. I said it in this session, purpose, it, it propels us through pain, mm -hmm. right? The whole Viktor Frankl thing mm -hmm. with, you know, man's search for meaning. Viktor Frankl was a contemporary of Sigmund Freud, psychologist. And, and Sigmund Freud said she, man's chief aim is to avoid pain or pursue pleasure. Mm -hmm. That is the motivation of man. At all costs. At all costs. Yep. So everything about what they do is motivated from those two places, right? And, and Viktor Frankl was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm experiencing something, some uh -huh. atrocious things here in these concentration camps, and I'm watching some people actually some ways thrive. Right. And then, and then he recognized that, that what carried him through that was when he was admitted into Auschwitz, his manifesto, his life's work about logotherapy was stolen from him out of his coat jacket pocket and was burned. And so what kept him surviving through that whole thing with resilience was 
on the other side of this, when I get out of this, I've got to put this down because that's mm-hmm. my life work. It was a purpose that kept him through, yes. sustained him, sustained him through the whole thing. And so that w- that's what began to be his logo th- logotherapy was that, okay, it's not, not what Freud's saying. There's something even deeper, more transcendent that carries us through pain. And that's purpose. Mm-hmm. And I experienced that anecdotally, like just my own journey. So we're going, okay, purpose propels us through pain. And at the same time, out of our pain, God redeems it with this glory. He leverages that pain mm-hmm. with this glorious purpose to weaponize our pain against the enemy, against mm-hmm. the very perpetrator of our pain. Wow. So that's what the whole last segment is about. The whole last trail marker is, okay, now how do we discover that purpose, right? How do we discover our own unique design and purpose? But then how do we triangulate that or converge that with the, the unique pain that we've gone through? How do we build community around us? Mm-hmm. How do we, we call it, we talk about the, the classroom of pain. What, what might God be teaching us in yeah. this pain? Let's not waste this opportunity to learn what he's wanting to teach us in this time. And then so don't we, run from it. Don't, yeah. don't try to escape it. Lean in and go. Lean in and let's, let's man, figure this out. God will reveal the rich mysteries of who he is, yeah. right? Like when I say mysteries, I mean, he's going to reveal some things to you that like almost, you almost don't feel like you can share with anybody else because mm-hmm. it's so personal and so intimate in the valley of the shadow of death. That's where it gets forged. That's where right. it gets revealed. Right. And so that's what the pain to purpose course is all about. And so we, you know, we launch it in churches all over the country, all over the world. We just launched in UK and Ireland that's last awesome. year, which is awesome. And so it's now being launched into the, you know, all over the world. We've got some folks in Germany who are like, Hey, we want to translate this in Germany, uh, in German. We've got some folks who want to, um, who have been prodding us. And this is one of the projects that we're doing pretty soon is in, into Spanish because that's a very huge mm need right now. And then also in you, um, for Ukraine, because they're going through so much right yeah, now. We've got a some, lot of pain some right missionary there. friends there who are like, hey, we'd like to translate right. this. So God's doing something so great there. And, and while we're, we're here, we're, we're, we're gonna, like... Yeah, we're going to encourage our yes. student body to be a part of this pain to purpose There study. are small groups that are launching, okay. kind of like pilot groups here that are launching. We've never really launched it on a college campus. Um, we, we're really well-versed in launching it in churches. Mm-hmm. Churches have a little bit more of a formulaic way of their discipleship processes. College campuses, one college may have a totally different strategy than other. And it's just so, you know, it's not as, as um, interconnected, you know, in, yeah. in terms of um, uh, methodologies and stuff. And so it's, we're just going to try it out, see how it goes. But I think it's going to, I think people are really going to be impacted by that. That's, that's really cool. You know, one of the things that when you're talking, I was thinking about Elijah's life, yeah. right? He has this incredible victory on Mount Carmel mm. and he defeats the prophets of Baal and then he he runs and outruns a chariot all the way to the city and then he discovers that the queen Jezebel wants yep. to kill him, right? Yep. And so then he takes off into the desert yep. and it's kind of woe is me. Yep. He's depressed. He's going through a severe depression. Yep. It's it's kind of like almost like camp. You know, you have That's this right. incredible massive high, mountain. Yep. And, and then the, this crash yep. at the end. Um and, and and it's interesting when you study that that there's some things, it was almost like a prescription for it us was. when you go through pain, I when you go you through this. stories, yes. you go through depression, that God first had him sleep yep, and then woke him up yep. with an angel and had him eat and then yep. sleep again. And then he's like, he's restoring his physical That's strength. exactly right. And this is what you're talking about, this wholeness piece of it. Yep. And then he journeyed further into the wilderness mm-hmm. and then he spoke to him. Yep. But you have this this exhibition of all of these like wild things, it's amazing. you know, and then it's in that still, silent, small small voice yep. that God speaks to him. And what he did is he 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 addressed a lie that yes. Elijah was believing. Yes, exactly. 
the lie was, I'm the only I'm one. I'm the only left. one. Woe is me. I'm the only one left. Yep. And and first, like you said, as a prescription, God had to go. Okay, we've got to we've got to resettle this physical yes. uh, malady that's happening right now because you're so depleted. So let's mm-hmm. let's treat this first so that you're in the right frame of mind to be able to hear the truth. Yes. And the truth is, Obadiah has got 500 more prophets. <laughs> exactly. Hide. They're, you're, you're, you're not, not alone. You're not alone. And then the cool thing is. He gave him a mission, gave him a purpose. Yep. I want you to go do these things. Yep. And then he gave someone, he gave them Elisha to mentor. Yep. I mean, what a phenomenal thing, because so many times when we go through pain or suffering or depression, yep. any of those, we're looking inward. That's exactly right. Yep. And God has him to look outward. That's exactly right. To go, I've got a purpose for you. I have a mission for you. And yep. I also have someone to, for you to mentor. Yep. I, I look at it w- with Isaiah chapter six too. In the year mm-hmm. King Uzziah died, which mm-hmm. was a tragedy for Israel. Mm-hmm. He was a great king, right. a lot of reforms, right? And and Isaiah was close to Uzziah, right? Mm-hmm. So this was like a personal tragedy. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated mm-hmm. on the throne. He's still on the throne, even yes. in the midst of tragedy. And Isaiah looks up, right? First sees God for who he really is, gets the full picture of it, sees God for who, who he really is. And, and tragedy and trauma, major life transition, what it can do is it can disorient our perspective and our view of who mm-hmm. God is, who we are, and who, what the world is. We can, we can misappropriate a mm-hmm. lot of different, like the scales, the balance of what that really is just gets totally out of whack. So we start to see things through a, a skewed, broken, right. fragmented lens. Yes. And so Isaiah is like, okay, I reoriented to God first. To, okay, mm-hmm. who are you really? And in light of who you are, who am I? Mm-hmm. And in light of who, who then who, who I am and what you've done for me, right? Now what am I supposed to go do? Mm-hmm. And that's this whole, here am I. Here am I. Send me. Send me. I'm going to go. Here's the mission. I'm ready. Yep. Wow. That's, that's so good. Like we, yeah. like we need that. And, yeah. and, and that's this, really this idea of this pain of purpose is what that is. Like God wants to take your pain. Mm-hmm. He wants to redeem it. And he still wants to use. That's right. Like in the like, well, let's go. That's right. I've got a mission. I've got a purpose for you. Yep. And so, it's going to be both fulfilling for you, and it's going to be fruitful for the world. Yes. That's what it's like a double win in God's yeah. Man, amen kingdom. To that. It's so cool. So our students who want to maybe be a part of a small group yeah. experience of pain to purpose. Yep. Um, how can they sign up for that? What is that? Do we do we know what that's going to look like? Well, depending on when this gets released, okay. My my suggestion or recommendation would be to go to Andrea Summers. Okay, get in touch in with the her, chapel right? office. Yeah, while we were doing Summit Week, you know, we had registration places, we had a call out meeting, stuff like that. But it's not too late. You can still go. You can still contact Andrea, contact the chapel office, say I want to get involved in one of these groups, and we can get you involved in one mm-hmm. of those groups. Mm-hmm. Good, yep. excellent. Yep. Okay, I want to pivot. All right. Okay, and this is going to look very different. It's all right. Because in this interview, you you ended up telling a story about your baseball career yeah. mm-hmm. and baseball career through high school, those dreams of wanting mm-hmm. to play D1 baseball. And 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 you didn't say this, but I'm going to say it. You're good enough to play D1 baseball. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that you didn't say either, you played for the number one uh, uh, high school baseball right. team in the nation, right. summer league baseball right. team. Yeah. I mean, that's stinking good. Yeah, and we all your teammates. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> They all went D1. They all went D1, right? In fact, one of my buddies... And you're better than most of them. One of, one of our pitchers is still playing in the major leagues. You know, just recently signed like a $44 million contract. Right. No big deal, right? No big deal. So, anyways. And that's batting practice He was you. the closer for the Yankees after Mariano Rivera retired. So, it's just whatever, that's, you know. That's a tough task. That's all right. <laughs> and then God redirects you and kind of changes your dreams. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things I wrote down. He says... Rejection is actually redirection in your life. Yeah. Okay. 
And a journey with God is both painful and beautiful at the same time. Yeah. So we got to, I mean, I'm, I'm a former athlete. I can't mm-hmm. say I'm an athlete. Okay. I'm a former athlete, baseball mm-hmm. and tennis. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I can remember you told some incredible stories about how God led you to Southern West university and then led you to do some bold things yeah, right. for your team and to pray on behalf of your team. Yeah. And, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I believe God is yeah. asking me to do that. And I've, I've, I've felt those same, same similar kinds of things as an athlete to do some bold right. things for God right. in that context right. of, of a sport. Okay. So we've got athletes on this campus that they also would like to do something. Yeah. yeah for God mm-hmm. and to see their teammates um, come into either a deeper relationship with Jesus yep. or to even put their faith and trust in him for the first time. That's good. Yeah. So what are some things or steps that you would recommend or just say, Hey, here's some things yep. that, that you should consider and maybe yeah. next steps to in this process. Yeah, that's great. The first thing I would say, the very first step, and this is going to sound so over spiritual and this is going to mm-hmm. sound, but prayer. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray about it once. I mean, devoting yourself mm-hmm. to consistent prayer. Every day, let's every, pray for your team. Every day at a specific time. I actually had index cards but with each one of our team, each one of our teammates' names on it, some things about them and what I was praying for them specifically. Yeah. Kenneth and I would go into our dorm rooms before practice, each of us, right? Each into our own separate dorms in our apartment. And we would d- devote time separately to pray over these guys, right? Mm-hmm. It was like that serious. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, man, I'll just like whenever I think about it, it was like, no, we want, God, we are begging you to move. Yes. And we want to see you move. And that, uh, you know, you can't underestimate that yes. or undersell that. That That is the most important aspect mm-hmm. of any move of God mm-hmm. is prayer first. Well, I think we look at movements of God throughout history. Yeah. Uh, it usually doesn't happen without prayer prayer. That's right. Without a group of people saying, I am going to yeah. uh, get on my knees and I'm yeah. going to beg for God to do something supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that is, that's a miracle that's right. in people's lives. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mark Batterson, Circle Maker, yes. that book, yes. I mean, what a great book. And, you know, it, it, he says something like, uh, you know, one hour of prayer is like a thousand hours yeah. of work, you know, and, and, you know, that he, that's an illustration. It's a, yeah. but it's, it's true, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that is how powerful it is when we re- when we release to God. Hey God, I need you to move on my behalf, mm-hmm. right? You to do this, and then your man able... works, man works. But when man prays, God works. Ugh, that's that, so good. It's that. It's that it's concept. That, it's that concept. And so th- we're talking about people's hearts. We're talking about something that only the Holy Spirit can draw, mm-hmm. can change, can um, you know, can uh, reawaken. And mm-hmm. so that's the first. That's the first element. And I think we got we have to ask ourselves: Do we really believe that prayer makes yeah. a difference? Yeah. Do we really believe that prayer, okay, changes people, right. okay, that God uses prayer to um, move the hearts yeah. of people? One of my favorite things that Jesus talks about is the incessant widow, hmm. right? Yeah, the persistent, comes, persistent, right, persistent, knocks, persistent. Knocks, and the judge is like, I'm just, okay, fine, just to yeah, get you whatever. off my back, I'll answer Here it your request, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, which I don't know what that says about God, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure <laughs> right, that out too, but right. I'm like, what? Well, maybe I can be that guy so persistent. He's yeah. like, okay, okay, maybe I'll do something on your behalf. Right. But so, so I think that's, oh, you can't undersell that. The other thing is this, I think it's absolutely essential that you, one of our prayers was God, give us enough success on the field Ooh. that they, that we would have the, the credibility yeah, to the respect, speak into people, the, the respect. respect. Okay. That doesn't mean you have to be the best player on the team. What mm-hmm. it means is, is your teammates have to see the people around you. And this play, this carries over into life in general. 
they have to see that you are working hard and mm-hmm. you're doing your best as, as if working for God, not for man. Yeah. That you're literally, you're yeah. bringing it all. Right. And that is what earns for the team's success, for the team, not for the, for the team, individual, not for but you, for the team, for the success. team success. You're like, Hey, I am, I am a team player in this mm-hmm. and I'm doing my very best. I'm going to take some, for me, you know, taking extra ground balls after practice, taking extra yeah. batting, you know, reps in the cage and stuff like I wanted them to see I'm, I'm working hard in this yeah. because it earned respect. And then I would say, Lord, just give me enough success on the field You're that right. they're like, it turns their head a little bit like, man, I want to hear what this guy has to say. Right. Right. The, the, the next thing I would say is you have to do it with someone else. Yes. Kenneth Wagner is my best friend in the world. We've journeyed so much together. He's a pastor in Delaware. I actually am, I am technically on staff at his church as mm. a teaching pastor. That's I awesome. fly out there six times a year. That's so great. I'm flying out there at the end of this month to go and teach out there. Mm. But it, it he, he and I have done ministry together since college, and yeah. it started with that. And you We're talking about to, 17, 18 years later now. Yes. You're still staying connected and doing ministry together. Yes, because what the friendship and the relationship that gets forged when you're co-laboring for the gospel, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Community, the best community comes out of co-laboring for the gospel. Because yeah. you go through all these amazing things together, these victories, these failures, these defeats, all this stuff, right? And it's the spiritual highs and lows of it. But there's there's a reason Jesus sent the, the 72 out two by two. Two by two. And I think that there's accountability involved with mm. that. I think there's encouragement involved with that. I think there's you're like, locking arms together. You are you, and you you are so much more susceptible to deviate from the mission, or to compromise, or to get discouraged. Yeah, right. To get down. Like yeah. if you you're the only one, right? If you're isolated, go back to Elijah. I'm the only one, right? Yeah. That's a recipe for just a hopeless existence. Yeah. But you got somebody else who, when you feel down, they can pick you up. They can exhort you. They can stir you up and spur you on. That's, that's what, that's what it means to have good biblical community. Right. And so, so I'd say that, you know, one of the things we did when we said, okay, wow, this is what God's doing on our baseball team right now. This should happen and extend over into the rest of the campus on the rest of the teams. We knew of at least one athlete on each team, just by virtue of connectivity and relationships that love the Lord. Mm-hmm. We pulled all of them in and we said, Hey, listen, you guys, we started to tell them what God was doing. They were like, are you kidding me? We've heard about what God's been doing. This is crazy. <laughs> we're we're right? seeing it. We know this what's happening. Nuts. And they're like, what, how does this happen on our team? And we're like, okay, well, we don't really know. I don't know. There's a formula <laughs> or a manual for this, but here's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And that is you need someone else on your team. Yeah. That go is recruit just, somebody else. Go recruit somebody else that you know is a believer, right? That's like, they could catch fire for this. And then you guys start a small group. And, um, and then I told a them small group with your team, inside yeah, of your with team. your team. And that's yeah. the key of it. Right. Is like every week you've got to invite them into that. And then we told them, we we're like, so, you know, we, we went out on their turf and yeah. Southern Wesleyan was such a small enough campus. Again, I wouldn't, this isn't prescriptive. This is just descriptive. Everyone's it's different for everyone. Sure. For us, I knew that the only way we were going to persuade these guys to come to our Bible study is if we went to the parties. <laughs> and so what I did is I went to our athletic director and coach. And I said, listen, you know, it's, you, it's you know, my heart, you know, my heart. And so I, I, I'm asking, I guess, for your covering that if something were to happen, right. And the party gets busted, which I was at a party at one point that got busted. And if, if a party were to get busted, you know, why I'm there. And I had earned enough respect and trust with the coach that they knew they were like, yep. And the, the, um, athletic director, they knew they were like, yep, we'll cover for you. We believe in what you're doing. So wow. I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm just saying we, we were trying to make sure that we were doing our due diligence to well, we, say, let's yes. go out on their turf and be be immersive with them right. so that we could, it's incarnational ministry, to be, so that we, then we can persuade them to come onto our turf. When you told that story, the amazing thing for me too was, was part of the amazing thing 
um, is that they didn't ask you to turn the people in. Mm -mm. Like, okay, that's not going to help this situation. Yes. What's going to help <clears throat> is for you to go be the gospel and Jesus yeah. to them. Yeah. And that's where we're going to see transformation happen. And if the student life department had known about this, <laughs> it might have been a different story. I wouldn't have gone to them and asked for this. But so, I, you know, I might be like throwing some people under the yeah. bus right now, but that's just the reality of what was going on. And that kind of, I think, exposes a lot of big questions mm -hmm. when it comes to like, how do we create an environment, a Christian atmosphere like this, like Indiana Wesleyan University, where you have enough saturation of people who love the Lord, who are going hard after Jesus, but also allow it to be porous enough mm -hmm. that folks who don't know Christ can come into this environment and they can be so moved right. by what God is doing that this becomes an evangelistic environment mm -hmm. too. Well, and I, we, we were talking before the podcast and I shared um, I've never seen an athletic department, an entire athletic department, where the coaching staff is committed to spiritually mentoring their athletes. Yeah, I mean, wholly, 100% committed. And when I was coaching tennis here and did that for years, um, when we had small groups, we had Bible yeah. study, those kinds of things, and it was not required. Right. It, we, we're not going to we're not going to hold something over their head like playing time right, or right. whatever. It's not a requirement for right. you. But they wanted to come because of the respect that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. They wanted to come even if they weren't Christians. They wanted to be a part of that because that was also team. Yep. That's, that's team bonding. It's yep. team unity. And one of the things we talked about all the time is that unity is not just going after the same purpose or cause in terms of a national title or a right, conference right, title, right. but it's also spiritual unity. That's right. That's, that brings us together that's as right. well. And sharing spiritual things together yeah, yeah. makes us close. Yeah. And they chose to be a part of that. Right. And we saw some really cool things happen. Well, speaking of, Eddie, what we didn't mention in session three in that talk with Andrea is that in 2007, my junior year, when all of this was happening spiritually, right. yes. spiritually, we won the National Christian College Athletic right. Association National Championship. National Championship, NCCs. which is and crazy. So it was just, I mean, it was all rolling into, there was so much unity and cohesiveness yeah. and God was moving and stirring and he used baseball to reach these guys. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because it's something they love. Yep. Okay. An athlete does a sport because they, 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 they're good at it yeah. and, and hopefully they love it. Yeah. And, and if you can speak into their lives mm -hmm. in the midst of something that they love mm -hmm. and they go, turn your affections toward That's right. Jesus. That's right. And he is way more important yeah. and way more valuable than yeah. the sport. Yeah. Because so many athletes put everything, oh, their identity, everything every, is, oh. is, is into the yeah. sport that you've done since you're four years old. Man, I, I, you know, I, I told about how I was called to ministry my senior year and then I went to Southern Wesleyan and I was like, okay, it's about ministry. But my freshman year, I started having an incredible start of the season. And like, I'm talking like, it was, I don't remember exactly, but it was like within the first three or four weeks of the season, the first month of the season, I had 10 home runs already. It was like, everybody was wow. talking freshman player of the year. And I started getting big headed again and started yeah. going, well, maybe I am supposed to go on and play at the next level. My <laughs> freshman, right. Right? I'm sorry to, maybe that's, I'm supposed creeping to transfer. In, that's creeping in. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, arm injury. Yeah. And so I had to, I had to, I could no longer play shortstop. I, I DH'd, but I had to go and do therapy on my arm from a lot of that season. I just, and it was like another way the Lord was like, baby, I will take this away from you just like yes. this. It was like a warning to it's, me is what it felt in, like. In a moment, it can yep, be gone. Yep. He was like, do not make any mistake. You are not here on this field because of baseball. You are here because of ministry. Yeah. Well, we want to just encourage our athletes that are listening to this podcast to take some of these ideas that we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Pray for your teammates. Mm -hmm. um, get get a get a partner, okay? Yep. Someone else who has this passion to see their teammates come to Christ. And then third, start a small group yeah. and get things started. So, That's great. 
Thanks, Dave. And, and Thank again, you. here's the other thing, too, is um, this is actually something that we can do as pastors, too. Yeah. Right, right? All this of is, these principles are transferable. They're transferable yes. to your to your ministry context. Yes. yes. And so pastors And your workplace. Y- y- exactly. Right? Exactly. This is, a, this is so much about what it looks like to be a, a missionary in your workplace. Yes. Yeah. And that's something that you talked about in that session, too, yeah. about being a missionary in your workplace, no matter what your workplace that's is, right. no matter what your setting is. That's right. So thanks, Damien. Appreciate Thank you. you. Boom. Oh, have a good day. Good days. <laughs> Signing off. This was good days. Good days. Boom. <laughs> Boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcast. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. Find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at the called collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience and we'll see you next week.